Welcome to the Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I spoke with Blair Sharp, sobriety activist, alcohol-free writer, and influencer. Blair is very open about her journey to sobriety on social media, which is exactly why I reached out to her for an interview. Her perspective on living alcohol-free is equal parts funny and inspiring. In this episode, we cover her relationship to alcohol, both past and present, why she gave up booze for good, resources for those who are sober curious, and what her life looks like today without alcohol. Without further ado, let's get into it. Blair, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so let's dig right in for those of the followers and listeners that aren't familiar with you. Can you introduce yourself, explain where you're from, kind of where you are, and and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, Yeah, my name is Blair, and I am from Minnesota. I grew up here, so I've always lived in Minnesota, so you'll probably hear that a little bit (laughs) I'm from Michigan, so I I have a big Midwestern (laughs) accent, too. Um, And um, I'm a wife, a mom. um, I have a five-year-old son. Um, I work full-time as a psychometrist, which means I test people's thinking. So like I work in psychology. Yeah. Um, Usually it's a thing that people don't don't know what it is. So I kind of have to explain, like I give people memory and thinking tests. So, Um, and I have um, been doing some writing and I post uh, alcohol-free content on Instagram Um, and I quit drinking in 20 February of 2018 so just over three years now so wow good for you I mean that's a huge accomplishment and I think it's even more cool that you share it so openly like you're very open yeah no I think that's fantastic though I think you know we need more vulnerability in the sobriety space so exactly you already share so much about it but again for for anyone who might not be familiar with your story can you talk a little bit about where you're at today um, mm-hmm. with your sobriety, you're you know, three, over three years sober, um, and how you got to that place. Because I think your journey is something that I related to when I saw your content. And that's yeah. why I reached out to you because I thought, wow, I mean, our, our stories are very similar and yeah. you don't, you necessarily didn't have a rock bottom and you kind mm-hmm. of noticed that sobriety was the path for you. So can you walk us through that? Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting to say like, I didn't have a rock bottom. I feel like I had moments throughout my drinking years that someone might say, okay, maybe I should reassess this, you know, but I just never, I never did. Like, I just thought this is how it, this is how it is. This is, you know, I have to drink because this is what we do, right. As a society to, to have fun. Um, and so I just continued on until I just basically had enough of the cycle. Um, so, I mean, I had a normal upbringing and no trauma or anything. I never felt, even now when I look back and I try to figure out like, why did I drink? You know, like you always hear about people having like these like emotions they're trying to cover up or whatnot. And I just don't feel like I ever had that. I think I just used it like to socialize. Um, but I have this like no off switch thing, you know? So 
throughout even like I can think I can pinpoint moments like in high school and definitely definitely in college <laughs> like um that's where I flourished with my drinking but um <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other conversation yeah, I was great at it back then yeah right <laughs> um so um there were these moments you know that were I can pinpoint and say oh yeah I, I definitely was drinking differently than other people you know um and when you're in high school, it's just like this new thing you're trying out because everybody else is doing it. Same with college, you're off, you know, on your own. Um, my friends, that's what we did. And so it was normal. And so it was never like a thing where like in no way was it like, oh, wow, this is too much or I'm drinking too much or yeah, I blacked out again, you know, lots of blacking out. And it was just like the thing we all did because it was, and it was funny. It was like the next morning you'd be like, oh, how do we get home? Or, you know, like, what do we do? Where do we end up? Like, oh, we ate that when we got home. Like, you just don't even remember these things, right? And it was just hilarious. Like, it was this joke all the time. And so it was never, never anything that um, was concerning to me. I, I got a DWI and DUI in um, when I was 25. So I just met my now husband and then I got a DUI. Like, welcome to my life, you know? <laughs> um, and so um, that even, even then, and that was, of course, I was, I think I was still in college. It took me six years to get my bachelor's degree. So I just kind of just, you know, coasted with the schooling for a little while because of the partying. Um, but yeah, so, um, I got my DUI to spend two nights in jail. Um, yeah. So like that would be maybe a rock bottom for someone, but, uh, not for me. It was just like, oh, okay. Yes. This is funny. And hear my, hear my jail story, you know, and like everybody else was getting them. So it wasn't a big deal. Um, but as I got older, you know, we are supposed to kind of calm down a little bit and we're supposed to be adults and uh, not want to party all the time. And I still kind of wanted to, I had a good job. The job I have now I've had for seven years. Um, so even in this job, I, I kind of was able to only drink mostly on the weekends. Um, you know, every once in a while, of course, there's a Sunday Sunday with bingo or whatever it is. But um, on those days, I never was able to just, okay, bingo's over. I'm going to go home and hang out. Like it was, where are we going next? What bar are we going? You know, I just kept going until 2 a.m. on a Sunday night, you know, and then you go home and go to bed and have to go to work the next day. So those times where it was on a, a day where I did have to work, you know, I would just deal with it the next day, be super hungover, make it through work and go home, go to bed. Uh, once I had my son, when I was 30, um, I had him when I was 30. I had no problem, you know, giving up alcohol while I was pregnant. It was no, no issue. Um, after I had him, it, I think I waited maybe a few weeks or a month or something before I drank again. And it slowly just got back to um, that no off switch. And it was like, now there's this whole mommy wine culture, right? So like, oh, now I'm being told that I get to have a drink because I've had a long day or I deserve it, you know? And so um, it's like every stage of life has these like things you're supposed to do when it comes to alcohol, right? Like college, and then you have young adulthood, you know, and now you're a parent. So it's like a reward. Um, but I found myself drinking a lot more like at home by myself because I'd be home with the baby, right? My husband does not drink. He was never a drinker since I've known him. He quit like in college because he got really sick. And then just they told him, hey, you probably shouldn't. Alcohol is probably not the best for your body. So he, he just stopped. So he's never drank around. I've never seen him. Yeah. So it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty different. Um, it's a very 
it's different than me, I guess you could say. Like I was a heavy drinker, he was not a drinker at all. Um, opposites attract, right? Um, so yeah, so I was with my son, um, and that was more again, like, you know, on the weekends for the most part, it was just like Friday night, go hard, and then be hung over for a couple of days physically, and then emotionally and mentally kind of hung over for a few more days, you know, and then those would wear off and then it'd be Friday again. And so it was like this cycle that I was in um, and dealing with a, a baby. Um, my son was two months old and my dad passed away. So that was another, uh, and suddenly, so this was another, you know, stress. Um, I don't know if I drank more. I think it was still, I was still in the, the cycle, just, just whatever. Um, but that was a big thing that happened too. Uh, as a new mom. Um, and there was just one weekend where I had uh, the last weekend I drank, I guess I, I tripped uh, over the baby gate and fell and broke a wine glass. And this was not anything that was out of the ordinary, right? Like this could happen any other time. Um, but I was still kind of in that emotional hangover on a Monday at work. And I found a blog that I resonated with this mom telling a story about, you know, how she didn't drink and I kind of looked her up and found some podcasts she was on um, and things like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's telling my story and like, wow, she doesn't drink and she's a, uh, she's living a fine life. Like, I didn't know this existed. I didn't know you could just not drink. Like it never just dawned on me to like, just not drink, you know, thought that I just had to do that. So I, um, that day was the last day. I mean, uh, that wasn't, you know, two days after I think the, the last time I drank, but that was the day that I celebrate not drinking because I had decided that day um, to not drink. And that was February 26, 2018. Wow. So, so many, so many twists and turns in your story. And I'm so glad that I know the full story because we had just met like a week ago on Instagram when I I found you, I connected with you (laughs) um, in my own journey. And I will, honestly, I will share that when I feel like the time is sure. right. I want to yeah. focus on you in this interview, but I will say a lot of what you spoke about really resonated with me. I mean, yeah. drinking culture is so prevalent, not just in the US. I mean, I think it's right. I think it's even more prevalent in Europe and people celebrate yeah, the I fact think it that is too. people UK, have yeah. yeah, like glasses of wine with their lunch and they're like, but look at how healthy they are. They don't binge drink. I'm like, but they're having like six glasses of wine a day. They're just <laughs> spreading them out. So tell me like who has the issue here. So, um, and that's not really what this is about. It's not about saying your alcoholism is better than mine or, or whatever. It's just, everyone has a different story. And I think it's so important to share the full picture. And so I'm glad that you did that. And you mentioned things like high school and college and postgraduate, and then like being a new mom, all of these times where you had moments where you thought, okay, maybe I can't drink like everyone else, but you just kept drinking. So what were some of those initial warning signs that you kind of ignored and, you know, pushed under the rug for so long? Because I, I did the same thing up until literally like a week ago. Like I just kind of said, okay, it's not for me. Um, even if I get drunk like once every two years (laughs) and, but it's just, you, there's no off switch, you know, in certain situations and like moderating works to a certain extent, but you have to constantly think about, okay, how many drinks have I had? If I had one, so much thinking, and then yeah. two, and then, okay, I can't have three because then I will be hungover. And then I wake up the next day after two glasses of wine and I'm still not a hundred percent. I wouldn't say yeah. it's a hangover because I know what those feel like very well. Right. Um, but <laughs> it's like, you just feel off. You feel fatigued. Yeah. So um, can you tell me like some of the warning signs that you, that you yeah. saw and you just were like, mm, I'm fine. Well, so I just feel like, um, 
I don't know if I would call them warning signs. I think they were just because they weren't moments where I actually thought, oh, like I shouldn't do this. You know what I mean? Like they were just moments of like, oh yeah, I drank, you know, I drank too much again and something bad happened. It was almost like when I would start drinking and, and, uh, you know, in an evening or whatever, um, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, and I went into it every time knowing that, like, it was just like, okay, I hope, uh, nothing bad happens today. You know, I hope I don't like Snapchat someone that I, you know, like drunk and you can't, can't get that back. So you don't know what you sent them. Like just think in little things like that too. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that there was a lot of moments like, um, I blacked out very often. So that was just like a normal thing for me. So that wasn't even like a big like wake up call or anything like that. Um, but yeah, even when I got my DUI, I think I quit drinking for a couple months more because I was scared that if I went out to the bar, I would get caught and like in trouble or something like that's what I thought. So it wasn't like I was thinking I was going to maybe tone it back. Like there was never times where I was going to tone it back or anything like that. And towards the end, my husband would put more of those like kind of rules on me like hey if you're going to go to somebody's house just stay over like don't come home I don't want to talk to you at 2 a.m when you come home you know um and then way towards the end and I don't know if this was even I can't remember if this was like after that last time or if it was a few times before but he um you know said I don't want to be around you at all if you're drinking so but but that still like, I didn't think like, okay, maybe I should stop drinking. It was just like, okay, now I can't be around him. I'll just drink other places or with friends or whatever. Um, there was a time like what, after I had my son, I don't remember how old he was, but I mean, he was 18 months when I quit. So he was still pretty young, I'm sure in this instance, but I had come home from the bar and I, you know, got into bed or whatever. And, um, my mom called my husband this was like at 2 a.m or something you know 3 a.m or something she had gotten a call from someone who had found my purse and found my phone and i had left my purse out so my husband had to get up in the middle of the night take our baby downtown to go get my purse back from this person because they were going to just turn it into the you know police or whatever uh and he had to take my baby because he you know, our son, because he didn't trust me being passed out in case something were to happen, you know? So, um, and though, when those things, when those bad type things would happen, I would like wake up, um, you kind of deal with the bad moment, like who do you have to talk to, you know, and get, get that out of the way and then kind of like forget about it. Cause yeah, it happened, but I dealt with it. And then you just kind of forget about it. It doesn't like make, it didn't ever make me think like, oh, I shouldn't, shouldn't do that again. So yeah, it's hard to say, like, I don't think, I just don't think they were like warning signs for me. They were just like, oh yeah, I drank a lot or I did that again or something like that. But I wasn't ever like going to quit. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's the issue with addiction when people like talk about it and they're like, oh, I'm like, they throw out the word addicted all the time. I feel like in our culture, um, like I'm yeah. addicted to sugar and, and that's yeah. fair and fine or I'm addicted to shopping. And, and these are all real things. But when it comes to like a substance abuse issue, you're addicted to alcohol or drugs or something like that. Um, yeah. it's, it changes who you are. Um, right. And it, you oh, don't make sure. sane decisions. So 
if you drink too much and then all of a sudden you normally go to, like I normally go to bed at nine o'clock, but when I drink too much, which again, for me is not often, but when it is, and like when I was younger, totally like college, like you mentioned, blacking out was normal and it was normal. Like for a lot of my friends and we would like wake up and be like, Oh wow. What did we do? Like we'd look through our camera roll and be like, Oh my gosh, look at this. How funny. And now looking back, that's so sad because how many times, Yeah. yeah. Like how many times did we all do the same thing? Like blackout together so then no right. one is able oh to be yeah. you know what I mean like thinking about that now it's like a nightmare <laughs> like I'm sweating right, right. anxious <laughs> and the next day like for me the I said so many times in my life I drink too much and then I'm like I'm never drinking again yeah like, exactly. I've said that probably a hundred times in my life and whether it was like a terrible hangover or just like, oh, I just had like a few too many glasses of wine. The spectrum was broad, but the result was always the same. Like I'm never drinking again. I think that's why I asked about the warning signs. Cause to me, I feel like this is a decision I've been trying to make since I was like 23 right after college and I'm approaching my 30th birthday. So what does that tell you? How long it's taken me? And like, (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of people out there like that though, that have been thinking about like, oh, this is, this, you know, isn't probably doing the best for me, it's not making me happy. Like mm-hmm. it's like causing issues in my relationships or my mental health and things like that. Yes. And so, um, for me, I was just like, I didn't care. I think I just was like, this is how it is. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to drink. It's not something that I'm going to take out of my, um, my life, you know? So it's very, it's interesting. Cause there, I think there are more people who are like, who have been kind of going back and forth or would try mm-hmm. like a, a sober dry January, you know, whatever. A whole 30. Um, like yeah. Ditch the alcohol. And then, yeah, exactly. And then maybe like, you know, uh, reward themselves at the end of that for getting through <laughs> With a nice it. Bottle of like, wine. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, I think that's super common for people to be kind of going back and forth. And, and it's, it's kind of the question is like, what is that last? Like, what is really holding you back? You know, and I think a lot of people get nervous about the never again part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, like, oh my gosh, so I'm never going to drink at my wedding. So I'm never going to drink at so-and-so's wedding, you know, mm-hmm. graduation, whatever it is. Um, but we give alcohol like so much power, you know, yeah. and it's like, what do we need? Like, what do we really need it for? Like, is it really enhancing our our moments like it's not though it's like making you trip <laughs> right it's making you fall <laughs> mentally like, and physically you, like it yeah, is a mental trip out, too yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know like repeat yourself and be annoying and and forget things and then you ruin your whole next day like there's all these bad things and I just feel like the little like good that we get from it isn't as um isn't as much as all these negatives if you really if you really like wrote it all out like on a piece of paper like pros and cons it probably the negatives would probably outweigh the positives you know but there's this like hold it has on people which yeah it's very interesting to talk about yeah and I I think that brings me to my next question which is more about your relationships and yeah what did it look like for you when you told people like your family and your close friends hey I'm I'm sober and this is for me. This is my lifestyle. I'm assuming I can understand how your husband might feel when, yeah. or might have felt, I should say, when, when you told him joy. that. Right, right. Um, but what about your drinking buddies? You know, the ones that yeah. you would go out with to the bars and stuff. Like, did were people generally supportive or did you get get a lot of pushback? Um, so uh, I think I waited about a week to tell my husband. And of course, you know, it wouldn't be odd for me to have not drank for two weeks or something. Like I, I wasn't a daily drinker. Um, 
So for me to just take a weekend off wouldn't be that weird. So like even waiting a week to tell him. So I, I did wait a week, told him and, and I said, I think I, you know, said something like, I, I don't think I'm going to drink again or something. And at this point I had already reached out to this. Um, so that blog that I read in the beginning, I had reached out to this writer and asked her like, what, what do I do? You know? Uh, and she gave me some books to read. So I was already like in that first week, like listening to podcasts, looking at Instagram, doing all this like alcohol free stuff. Um, and he said, um, okay, you know, like heard that before kind of thing. Like, so he wasn't like fully thinking that I was going to quit when I first quit. And it just kept, I just kept putting the days together and, and that was it. But, um, for my friends, I told a couple of my really close friends in person, I had them over and I kind of just blurted it out because <laughs> I'm really awkward and was just like, so I'm not drinking anymore, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Like, and they're like, oh, okay. And I think one asked, you know, are you going to go to um, um, AA? And I said, no, because at that point, I, you know, I had a, learned enough where you don't have to. There's all these other things, right? Mm-hmm. These books, podcasts, groups online and things. Facebook, I was in several different Facebook groups at that point. Um, and so there's still that community piece that you get from like a, a meeting, you know, that you're going to go to. There's a community that's really nice to have. I think that's super helpful in the beginning um, and throughout if you have, you know, issues. But um, I think the rest of my group of friends, I just kind of sent a really vague Snapchat. Like, I remember it being like the trees, like I took a picture of the trees, you know, and wrote like 60 days without alcohol or something like, and just sent it out to like a bunch of people. And so like, that was like my, Hey, here's the deal. Like, so I don't have to like tell you in person and not be like, it's just this awkward, anxious, you know, moment. Um, so, and then I just, I mean, I was just a non-drinker, you know, people would ask like, so are you still not drinking? And I was like, yeah, I'm not ever drinking again. Like, this isn't just a break. This is like, I decided I don't want to drink anymore. And so, um, I didn't really get any pushback. Um, I think it gets easier to the longer you go and the more interactions that you have, like with speaking about it, you know, um, now clearly I'm yelling at like across the internet. So I'm fine with talking about <laughs> it. Like whoever asked me, you know, like if a stranger says something to me at like a wedding, let's say, right. And I'll just like, no, like, you know, my life's better without it or make some joke about it or something. But um, throughout, I think everyone's been pretty supportive and I'm sure they, they know why I decided, you know? Um, yeah. And I have a, a small group of, of close friends. Um, there's a few people that I, I don't talk to anymore because they were more, not because I decided to just not talk to them. It's just kind of, we kind of fell apart with um, priorities on like what our fun was, you know? Um, so for the most part, I've, I've kept all the same friends. That's so, super yeah. inspiring. And I think yeah. like, there's always this like huge, I don't know, sense of anxiety when you choose to do anything, like a big life change where, you know, I think there's like excitement when you you tell your friends, Hey, I got engaged. And it's always like a great, you know, news or, Hey, I'm pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. but when it's, Hey, I'm quitting alcohol for the rest of my life. They're like, what "What the hell that is going on here? And they think it's like, you're going to become a different person. Like you're not going to be as fun. Um, I know that I've heard that from huge worry from, yes, from people when I posted about, um, you know, Hey, do you have any questions for Blair? And people were like, you know, how do I tell my friends? 
are we going to be able to have as much fun? Like now, should I not go out? And I think the answer to that is very individual. Some people are really triggered by bars. Like even if they're trying Mm -hmm. to get sober and they've been sober for six months, still going to a bar for them, like within the first few years or something might be out of the question or maybe for the rest of their lives. For me, I just, I feel like I, I cut it cold Turkey and I've done that so many times in the past. And like, like you, when I was pregnant and even breastfeeding, I wasn't, I mean, I didn't drink when I was pregnant. I drank barely when I was breastfeeding. So like for over a year, I was basically like wholly sober. And I remember telling my husband, I was, gosh, I must've been four or five months pregnant. And I said, this is the longest I've gone without drinking like five months in like, since I was in college. And, um, I feel amazing. I was like, I, I wake up even though I'm pregnant and I'm a huge as a whale. I can get so much done. Like I feel amazing. And I know what I heard recently, not to interrupt, but before I forget this, someone said, you know, that sober or not sober, the pregnancy glow. Do we think maybe it's just because we're not drinking anymore? Like that's (laughs) the glow. Like, could that be the reason? Cause you know, when you're pregnant, you're not drinking hopefully. Right. But like, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that could be it. That, that could be it. And I think a lot of women actually get pregnant after having – or uh, get pregnant, wow, get sober after having children <laughs> because they realize once you have one oh, or yeah. f- a few bad hangovers dealing with a baby, oh, yeah. oh Lord, I don't ever want to go there again. <laughs> like, don't want to go there. So I was traveling when I was dealing with this past one. And yeah. like I said, I hadn't been drunk, like literally drunk in two years because I was pregnant yeah. and then a pandemic and then, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, my I think what's worse was, yes, physically I felt like crap, obviously. And I value my health a lot. Uh, That's what, you know, my whole platform started as was like a fitness and like health page. Um, And now it's more holistic. But I think more than anything that the anxiety is the worst for me. So I would get into this spiral of like, am I a terrible person? Like I'm very Catholic and spiritual. So I'm like, does God hate me? Why do I keep doing this? Like, you know what I mean? So did you experience a lot of anxiety? Yeah. Did you experience that too? Or was it more like the depressive side of things? Like you're just like bummed. Um, I would say a mix and I feel like it was more towards the end. Like after I had my son is when I would feel those things. Like I would, what I mentioned earlier, like that emotional hangover, right. That's kind of what I call it. Um, After the physical hangover, you get through those day or two, right. After depending on how much you drink, which is usually a couple of days for me. And then um, that emotional, like, Oh, you know, why did I do that again? Like, my family doesn't deserve me, like, whatever, like, I'm just, and I, and I kind of just was like, whatever, like, this is how it's going to be. Like, like, I just had kind of like, thrown my hands up and said, this is how it is. Like, I'm going to drink. And this is what happens when I drink. And I'm just going to have to deal with it the rest of my life. Like it literally, and it's mind boggling to think now, but like, or even say it now, like, it never dawned on me to just not drink. Like, just don't drink. And it sounds so simple now. And I, I know like if people are listening and they're in the, in the, um, in the thick of it, you know, it's, it's not easy to just not drink, but like all you have to do is just remove the alcohol. And then that almost is the easier part because then everything that comes after is, is what you've got to deal with really to figure out <laughs> yeah. who you are without it. That was the hardest part for me. And I would say since quitting, I have been more, um, I have more like anxious feelings, I guess. Um, Mm. I noticed when I like, um, like, I feel like I have like control 
shoes like I want things a certain way and if I envision something a certain way and it doesn't work out that way I get really like irritated um and I can feel like kind of anxiety and stress like in my body a lot more now than I could before because it was mostly you know I was hung over most of the time before so um yeah it's pretty crazy about like just figuring out your life after removing the alcohol um whether it be like, what are you going to do for fun? And all those, I mean, there's so much to figure out after you just don't drink anymore, but yeah, I'm still figuring it out by the way. (laughs) I was just about to ask you. Yeah. It doesn't just, you know, fix itself. I'm going to therapy and, um, figuring out like what I have figured out is like what I do like to spend my time doing and what I don't like to spend my time doing, you know, like you mentioned, like having this like lifestyle where you go out to the bars and stuff, like that has in no like in no way does that sound fun to me no that sounds <laughs> I'm also terrible. like a 35 year old mom of a five-year-old like you know like I go to bed at nine too like um so I imagine that if you quit drinking in your 20s or when you're in those like different lifestyle uh life uh whatever situations it's harder uh for me it was a lot easier but too because my friends we all not all of mm-hmm. us but um, a large amount of us have kids and so we have these other obligations. So, um, I didn't have to like worry about going out to the bars really. Yeah. Uh, my friends will still get together and I'll drink and stuff. And I just either won't go, um, probably because I don't like driving in the dark, but, um, <laughs> wait, <know>. that's me <laughs> too. <laughs> wow. We're so similar. Like, uh, where they go, where they would hang out would be like about an hour away. So like, I don't really want to drive in the dark. So like we'll do daytime things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Cause I want to go to bed because I got to wake up with a five-year-old at five o'clock in the morning the next day. Like, Lord. I don't want to stay up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. He slept till, um, almost seven today. So it was like, Oh, I'm like a new person today. I'm like ready to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm so interested. What type of, um, like drinks do you reach for now? Cause I know that yeah. there's like this big controversial, um, divide, I guess, in this, in the sober space where some yeah. people are all about drinking like non, non-alcoholic beers and wines and like kind of having a placebo effect to help them in their sobriety to feel like they're not missing out on social events. And then there's, there's other, there's this other camp where people are drinking like sparkling waters and they're like, I'm okay. Like people can know that I'm not drinking. And then I think there's also like a middle ground where people can sometimes dabble in a non-alcoholic wine at a wedding or something. And then just like the, all the other times just drink water, whatever they might drink. Um, where do you fall in that category? Cause look, I'm brand new to this, but I'm basically just doing like sparkling water and stuff like that. And I have never loved beer. So for me, that like doesn't sound appealing anyway, but my big thing was wine. And I actually love like the taste of wine. Like I actually preferred it over pretty much. Yeah. Like any other alcohol. And obviously I loved what it did to me, but I'm thinking for things like weddings or Mm -hmm. Christmas, like I would love to celebrate with everyone else and not feel like I'm excluded. So I guess what advice do you have for people and how do you manage all of that? Yeah. So for me, um, in, in the beginning, I didn't really, um, it's not, not cause I was, have been triggered or anything like that. I hate that word, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seriously. I hate so, it, but I continue to use yeah. it. I don't no, know. They, we need a new word for that. Another word to put. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I don't know. We'll work on that. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not because I thought that I was going to like go off the deep end. Like I wasn't, you know, white knuckling it anytime mm-hmm. I could just drink, but I, I just didn't really care to drink water or whatever. And I've never really been a person who likes pop, soda, whatever you want to call it. Um, Cause I don't really love carbonation too mm. much. Um, 
and same with me like I drank beer for the the buzz that I got from it the effect I got from it so it's funny now that I have this like Instagram account um I've been trying a lot more more different things uh, like right now I'm drinking this recess which is really um, Ooh, the CBD thing yeah so water. there's calming hemp and adaptogen in it adaptogens so I like things that still give me a little something, right? Whether it be caffeine, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of other brands out there. Um, Mocktail Club is another brand um, and that's a black woman owned and she's in DC. Um, so I like their drinks. Um, I don't, I, don't, I haven't tried any alcohol-free wine. I know that there's some different brands. I know Free is, I don't know if you've tried that, F-R-E, that's a brand that's out there. They have that at my grocery store. Um, yeah. But I haven't really gotten into that. I do um, have some friends like on Instagram that get into that stuff a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. And I've made some mocktail things and stuff, but I, I don't know. I'm not super, I'm, I'm almost doing it more for the gram um, <laughs> you know, than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I would just as soon drink water or mm-hmm. iced tea or something like that. Um, I just got, I just had uh, won a contest on Instagram and won a, case of like curious elixirs bottles which was like oh my gosh it's amazing because I've been meaning to try those and we had one last night and they were really good um they also have some sort of herb in them you know that's a calming thing um which I really I really like that I like having the the hemp or whatever in those things um but yeah it's definitely personal choice people do find it um that it can mimic the you know the beer tastes like beer so you're just not getting drunk. Yeah. So yeah. like for some people in the beginning, that might not be a good idea, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you just have to figure that out for yourself. Um, yeah. It took me a while to have, I think it was maybe even a couple years ago, maybe a couple years into not drinking, I tried a non-alcoholic beer and I, and again, I had won it. I had won it, I think. <laughs> um, I win. I'm lucky. Um, <laughs> I win. And, you're such and, a winner. I sat down and I cracked it open. I took a sip and I was like, what the heck am I even doing? Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even like beer. Like, yeah. why do I want this? So um, I ended up giving it to someone else. But um, I did I did uh, put some beer into a Bloody Mary that I made not too long ago. And that was really good. Like any beer in a Bloody Mary, just like you would make the Bloody Mary normal. And then because Bloody Marys were like my jam. Like I loved Bloody Marys. But like um, a Bloody Mary really on its good. own is healthy. Yeah. It's to, it's like right. tomato exactly. juice and celery yep. and like some olives and maybe some salami. Like yeah. if you actually have a Bloody it's Mary a without the vodka, it is, yeah, it's a meal. You get your veggies it's in. Good. It's all mm-hmm. good. So I I kind of agree with you. I don't I don't think I'm gonna be one to like casually crack a, a alcohol free yeah. beer or anything. But the wines do interest me because yeah. I, I liked the taste of wine and I like the, I don't know. I always loved the ritual of like having a glass yeah. of wine on a Friday and you night. You still so. pour it into like a fancy glass. Exactly. And I think that's the big thing. People still want to feel included. Like you said at yes. Christmas, you know, like just bring your own bottle of any wine and pour it into the same glass everybody else is drinking out of, you know, um, mm-hmm. and feel like you're included. I think that's like one of the main reasons that people will want to get those things. Or when you're going to a barbecue, you bring a cooler of your NA beverages, you know, um, right. And, and these like recess drinks, right. They're just in a can. So you could put it in a koozie and no one would even know the difference. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, or Nope is another brand that I like. Nope. I've drinks. seen that. Yeah. I've yeah, not, obviously I've not tried any of them, but I have heard a lot of 
<laughs> not, no pun intended, but I've heard a lot of buzz about them. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're good. They are, they don't have like any special like calming effect or anything, but they're fruity. Um, and yeah, you should try the variety pack if they have it, if they're not out of it, but, um, but those are long cans. So, you know, they have those cute long koozies now for like the truly drinks and yeah. those kind of like, oh, um, Trulies are so alcohol, gross <laughs> you know what I mean? Like white claw. Did you ever try those long, before you got I sober? I did like right when I was, I would say my son, I remember having a bunch of them at my son's first birthday party. I remember oh, that. Yeah. That's so another, I had booze. Yeah. yeah. And so I was buzzed that whole day. I mean, I remember, I remember the whole day. I wasn't like falling over drunk, but I had a good buzz on that whole day. Um, yeah. Those came out kind of towards the end. Um, but I took advantage of those <laughs> being very easy to get down and um, give you a good, good buzz. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. I couldn't, I, I mean, yeah, I think I've had like two white claws in my whole life because I just, mm-hmm. I, I like, I like what I like and I like wine, but again, yeah. wine is very easy for me to drink. So like I have, I would have to tell yeah. myself, okay, just two, two drinks and then like glass of water and go to bed. And I used to think that was discipline. And I guess in, in some yeah. ways it is, but at the same time, like, I don't want to always be at odds with like alcohol, you know, like I want right. it to just, I wish I could be one of those people that when I'm drinking, I'm not thinking about my next drink right. and that's yes. how it is for me. And, and like, Same. I don't think people realize that it, again, alcoholism is an, is a spectrum. Like yeah. you don't have to wake up at 7am and drink all day and, you know, be a highly functioning right. alcoholic to be an alcoholic or like lose your house and lose your like family right. and like exactly. lose your job. Well, there's a lot of people that just have an issue with it. And I feel like that's right. where I fall into that category. And I, yeah, I just made a list like August 29th um, or I guess like August 30th because that was the next day. Um, mm-hmm. So very recently. And I just said, you know, these are the reasons why I'm yeah. not going to drink. And my son was at the top of the list along with my husband yep. because I can't be 100% me and like like the best version of myself for them mm-hmm. when I'm drinking, even if it's right. – a glass, which is ne- has never happened. It's usually two yeah. um, or a whole bottle or two bottles right. or whatever. Yeah. And again, those, those instances of me being drunk are so rare, but it doesn't excuse the fact that I still right. wasn't myself, you know, yeah. even with like a little bit of alcohol and like, let's remind everyone your choice to drink alcohol is your choice, but right. it is what it is. It's, it's a toxic st- substance. It's right. like drinking, rubbing the carcinogen. alcohol. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like, you are, and I, I've read like I think it's called This Naked Mind or The Naked yes, Mind. This Naked Mind. So I read that three years ago. One book that I tell everyone to read by yeah. Annie Gray. Yeah. Do you have any other recommendations for books yes. and podcasts and things like I that do. to help? I know it's called <laughs> Quitlet. I'm very like Quitlet, woke yeah. in the, like this culture now. I'm like I feel yes, so ingrained. So in many things. I know. Um, yeah, This Naked Mind was the book that I read like. I want to say, I don't even know if I started it the week that I quit, like, I mean, right first on, and it like blew my mind. We were talking about blackouts before. And I think from that book, I learned, you know, a blackout is your brain loses the ability to create a memory. And I heard that and I was like, what? (laughs) Isn't that scary? (laughs) Yes, it's terrifying. I meant to say that earlier. Um, But yeah, so this Naked Mind, um, I did a lot of audiobooks when I, because it was easier for me to get through them quicker. Um, And then the second one I always suggest is We Are the Luckiest by Laura McCowan. Um, And she was like, she was like this person that I just put on this pedestal, I guess. I don't know if that's a good way to say it, but like 
her story really uh, resonated with me because she was a mother and um, she had this home podcast is what uh, her and Holly Whitaker is the author of uh, Quit Like a Woman. So her and Holly had this podcast when I, when I quit, it's not, it's not going on anymore, but, um, and so I just resonated with like everything Laura said. Um, and so if you go back, um, just type in like Laura McCowan blogs or blog, and you can read all her old blog posts and they're just, they're just great. Um, Quit Like a Woman is one book that I have started, but I haven't finished. Um, but a lot of people like that one. Um, and that I think goes a lot more into the like, um, societal, um, and like medical and, and stuff like that. But, uh, We Are the Luckiest is more of a memoir, like of her life. Um, and then I just did a reel on all these, a bunch of these books actually. Um, so, um, Sober, The Sober Lush is a really good one. Um, that's well, kind of that. like, yeah, that yeah. one's a good one. Um, I won that too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're very that. lucky. I mean, did this happen in sobriety or no, you... this is always a thing. You know what? I tell my friends, you only win if you actually enter the contest, like you have to <laughs> enter, you know? So I didn't win because you didn't enter 17 times like I did. No, um, the Sober Lush is a really good one. They really go into um, sobriety, like life after quitting um, and like how amazing it can be and how you can appreciate everything so much more. It was, it's such a good book in that, in that way. Um, there's like a ton of other like memoirs out there. My Fair Junkie is a good one by Amy Dresner. She's hilarious. Um, I could keep going highlight reel by Emily Paulson. Um, there's another one, um, called alive AF by Samantha Perkins. And that she talks about her anxiety and motherhood. Um, oh, I should read I that one just, then I should. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> um, it's, she just came up with that out with that in the last eight months or something since I've had the Instagram, but yeah, she's, um, she's good too, but yeah, you just go, I just made a reel. So go check that out on my sobriety activist Instagram. And I listed a whole bunch of books and other people were posting their favorites in there too. So yeah. That's incredible. So I end every podcast the same way. And I'm really excited yeah. to hear your answer because you have such a unique perspective. I know everyone does, but I really feel like yours is like, I mean, I don't know how many other guests that are actually like sober. It's not a question I ask, but because yeah. you are, and cause you're three years over three years into it, I would love to know what does living a life well-lived mean to you? Mm. I think um, the cheesy answer would probably be, you know, about being present now that I don't drink, right? Or something like that. Um, I just think I feel like I have figured out um, the secret to living my best life. And that can be different for everybody, right? Like you you now have this fitness thing that you do or you eat better and you figured out how to feel better. For me, it was removing alcohol and like literally, I mean, it's like the best decision of my life. It's the thing I'm most proud about. Um, people will say, you know, like I'm most proud about my children and stuff. I mean, I am too, but like, this is, I think bigger than that. I don't know if that's, it, I hope it doesn't sound bad, but like, it's just like this secret. I feel like I'm walking around with that nobody else knows unless you know. Um, but there's just so much more to life. And I think that I've figured out how to, um, appreciate my life a little bit more. That's so beautiful. And I yeah, think it's thanks. totally fine for you to say, yes, <laughs> like your son is a huge accomplishment, the right, biggest right. accomplishment, but yeah. a personal accomplishment, like right. you Blair as an individual, not as a mom or a wife, like you as an individual 
have accomplished something that so many people never accomplish. I mean, I've right. read stories of people getting sober at 86 and they yeah. were like, no, I've been drinking since I was 13. And I'm like, yeah. your whole, your whole life, life, you're about to die. Down. Like yeah. not to be morbid, but you're going to die but in a right. few years probably. Or let's say yeah. give you, let's be generous. Let's say you live to a hundred. You only have right. 14 years of sobriety and you're not even like physically able to go Right. do the things you want to do. So I just feel so fortunate. And I feel like you probably are the same way. I feel so fortunate that I found this lifestyle like for good. I, I have no yeah. like qualms about it at this age because now you have the rest of your life to just exactly. not worry, not worry if you're going to make an idiot out of yourself at like a yeah. wedding or an event or at home on a Friday night with your kids. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much freedom and in, in that life choice. So yeah. I really appreciate you sharing so openly, like I said, yeah, about your journey because you. it makes others like really drawn to you because you don't have a filter on it. You know, like you're <laughs> like, ask me anything. I'm an open yeah. book. And yeah. there's a lot of people in, in sobriety um, that I'm learning now that I'm like, oh, wow, so and so sober. They're like five years sober. Right. And I had no idea. They're coming no. out and saying it. Yeah. Because we weren't talking about it before. And I think yeah. there's this whole um, trend, not a trend, it's a bad word. Um, just this group of people online that are just not afraid to just talk about the hard stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's important because, and I know that for a fact, because that's what helped me in the beginning was to hear these people talk about their stories and to be able to relate to them, you know, Um, because we do see a lot of people out there who, you know, talk about these like um, rehab they went to, or they did lose their job or these really, you know, you watch intervention that, yeah, that like, TV show. I don't even know if it's still on, right? It's like these yeah. huge rock bottom things, but we're, we don't hear a lot about the people. I mean, now we do, but not as much about um, people who are just deciding that alcohol is no longer doing them any good and to just cut it out. And um, yeah, so it's, I think it's important to, to talk about for sure. And to, to be on platforms like this and to put the information out there is, is really important. Well, thank you for joining. Um, I want everyone to know where they can find you and your yeah. writing. I've already dove into some blog posts and some <laughs> and like some other podcasts you've done. I'm just very interested in, in your perspective. So yeah. can you share where we can find you? Yeah, my Instagram is Sobriety Activist. Um, and then I have a website, which is BlairSharp.com. No E on Blair or Sharp. Um, and um I do have, I have a Facebook, it's Blair Sharp Writer, but that is the place where I just um, also just share all the, the new posts that I do, like blog posts that I write um, for people or myself. Um, and I think that's it. I mainly am on Instagram. So just find me on Sobriety Activist and that's where I'll be. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining and um, sharing your, your story with everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Fun. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.